Welcome back, Redheads, to another episode of the Redheads Book Club, February edition. You guys, this is a very exciting episode. Not that all Redheads episodes aren't just the most exciting thing in culture, but this episode marks our four-year anniversary of starting the Redheads, which we started in February 2020. So I feel as though we need to celebrate that, but also this episode is really going to be very anniversarial, I feel we're going to keep coming back to the fact that it's been four years of TRBC. Before we start celebrating ourselves, I need to catch up with my swirlies. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Jess. Hi. Hi. Missed you, except not really, because last month we recorded late because the new year kind of sprang up on us, and I, for one, was not ready to do the redhead. So we came out with our episode a week late, and then this month, February 1st, is a Thursday, so we literally had three weeks between episodes, so I feel like I just saw you guys but how are you doing? And by the way, the next one will be even shorter. Why? Because February is a short month. It's a leap year, though. It's a leap year. It's a leap year. Oh. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. How are you guys going to spend the extra day? I don't doing know. Doing the same March? thing we always do. I feel like February 29th should be a, a federal holiday when it happens. I totally agree. And it's on a Thursday. So if it wasn't a leap year, we would again be recording on the first of the month. Like, oh, thank we heavens. Have a, we got an extra week. week. Yes. Nothing better than when Thursday is on the 6th. Am I right, girls? <laughs> so <You're> right. right. <laughs> it's on the 7th. February 7th, baby. You guys. Wow. My coworker, Alyssa, her nephew is born on a leap day. So he's like, I think he's eight, but he's like, it's my second birthday. He's, that's he's turning two. That's, like that's a pretty that's cool actually, birthday. Yeah. Like, so what's I'd his birthday? Down. He the celebrated the March 1st. day before because um, they were like, you were born in February. It'd be weird to celebrate this in March. Except technically it should be March Except 1st because February 29th is like, technically March 1st. Yeah. Well, well they say uh, if you're born like before noon, you celebrate on the 28th and you're oh. in born afternoon, then you celebrate on the 1st. I like that. Yeah, our friend, our friend Sam recently was like, my son who was born in late August doesn't have a half birthday. <laughs> That's wow, why that is it's the 29th. Yeah, I, I think it's the 30th, and there's no 30th of February. Uh, that happens for other people in other months, though, too. If you were born in the 30, and the six months is 31. Yeah, that's true. But oh my gosh, poor Nate, so you gotta be okay. <laughs> I don't know. That's like a two truths and a lie fun fact for the rest of his life. Totally. I don't have a half birthday. But speaking of birthdays, Day Nerd just celebrated a birthday. How was your birthday, Dana? Happy birthday. Oh, thank you, everybody. It was great. It was my 32nd birthday now, which is just like such an unsexy age. But we had a fun time. We missed Jax as always. I did a very like mature, casual Amsterdam billiards pool hall birthday which was just, you know, all fun and games. No pun intended. There was Pong. There was pool. There was darts. Snitch was, like, really into the competition. Like, I was really only friend. I was really only into the darts. <laughs> yeah, Rit she was, was like, really into the Pong. I mean, because I was beating everyone in my midst. Yeah, that's true. You were. Yeah, it wasn't your average birthday party, you know. It was, it was like, like the Olympics. <laughs> but it Dana, was... can I ask you a question? Of course. Did you write down a recap of your birthday party? No, does it sound like I'm reading a script? It looks like your eyes are reading something. <laughs> the most Dana thing. That's so funny. That would be so Dana to And then at 11.15, we brought out the cake. <laughs> You're making fun of yourself. One hilarious so anecdote funny. from the birth Dana was 
um, Josh, her husband, obviously got her the cutest cake and like got these candles. It was like number one husband and the two and 32 broke. So we pieced it together with a piece of literal chewing gum, but it was innovation at its <laughs> finest. And it was just like a memorable moment from the year 32. I didn't even know about it until the next day. Like had no idea this was a DIY behind the scenes chewing gum repair. What did you get for your birthday, Dana? I got a Montclair jacket from Josh. Whoa, yes. nice. Which was what I wanted. So I'm very, very happy about that. the one that I wanted. Oh, my God. Crushed it. That crushed it. He had gotten me a Canada Goose, and I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but it just wasn't fitting me right. It wasn't. It was like a short one. I needed Short long. for you? Yes. It was like a belly shirt Canada <laughs> Goose. Oh, my God. You but, love coats, huh? Yeah, that was like two or three years ago. So I was like, we got to upgrade. Wow, nice. Glad I yeah, asked. Coat. Do you treat your... Yeah, I guess she like needs a coat. Yeah. You know, She doesn't have many needs, but like a coat is a need. Well, I had asked for underwear and he had put the, <laughs> the kibosh on that quickly. So. You can't get your own I, underwear? I just like, you know, noticed I was running a little low. Like, could use a replenish. He's like, get your own fucking underwear. This is I not couldn't, a birthday I gift. couldn't agree more. <laughs> no, Dana, it's giving Sally Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 100%. Well, happy birthday, Dana. Glad to have you on the pod at 32. Thank You're the you. oldest and wisest of us all. Thank you so much. So don't let us down. Satchel, how are you? I see you're wearing a braid today, and I love it. It takes me back to, like, when we were kids. That's how we wore our hair. Yeah, I was wearing a braid. Um, well, because I wanted to do a hair mask because I'm working out after work. So I was like, I'm good. And it's good to slick back. But then I was like, I don't want to do a slick back bun because that's a little too tight. And then, like, I get a headache when I have that for the whole entire day. So I was like, I'm going to do a braid. And I actually really am enjoying the look today. I like it a lot. Thank it you. looks great. Thanks so much. 10 out of 10 braid. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? How were your three weeks? My three weeks were good. I'm still fucking reading Akatar. Um, well, which book are you on? Still on the last one. It's taking me oh. so long, so I don't have anything to say yet, except that even though everyone says that the last one is their favorite, it has taken me over a month to read, and I would say that I disagree with that opinion. Um, is the Akatar series done being written? Like, no, is this the last? There's another one yeah. coming out. And is that the last one? I don't even, I don't know. Like, I don't think so. I think it's still, like, in production. Actually, thinking about it, though, I don't know what the next one would be about. Like, the one after the next one. You know? Because there's one more perspective to tell. And then. Don't spoil. Yeah. So then I don't, I don't know. But, so that, that's, that's me. Still okay. reading. Well, great. We'd love that you're reading. <laughs> Bex, how are you? I'm great. Um, I frankly don't have the most to contribute. Um, going skiing this weekend in Vermont and then another ski trip to Park City, which I think I talked about last time. So I'm just like living my ski era right now. And I'm also deeply into Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm finally on the bandwagon because this season is hilarious and I could not recommend it more. I haven't watched the season. It's on my list of things to do. It's kind of far down. I feel like I would have to, I would need like a reason to watch it. Like if I got sick and I had to stay in bed, like then I would watch it. Other than that, I don't know if I'll find the time, but I really want to. And I've avoided spoilers of whatever the big thing that happens at the finale is. I have no oh, idea. Oh, that's crazy. I was actually going to text you yesterday. So this is saving me a message because I was going to be like, can we debrief on Salt Lake City? Um, You would have been disappointed to know I'm not the Jax, girl. you have to watch it. It's fucking hilarious. I and will. You and I, I have will. Been okay. aligned on like our like progression and maturity out of Housewives era. Housewives. 
and I'm right back in it. Yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, Charlie is doing pretty good and sleeping in the night. So I have a couple hours in the evening now. Maybe I will add SLC to my repertoire. I'd love to hear it. Jax, what's new with you? Not too much. What is new with me? It's a great question. Anytime someone asks me. You started a sports podcast. I I continued my sports podcast. Yes, we we acquired by ESPN. (laughs) What did I do this month? I went to Disney, of course. Everyone knows if you listen to the toast. I can't stop talking about it. Miska, Muska, Mickey Mouse. And just missing my, my sisters and my friends. I can't stop. I know. I want so you to So I started a York. podcast with them. I can't stop laughing at Olivia being the mayor of Disney World. Yeah, no, she just got it. Dana, like you, I think, would get it. You've been there, but like I think there's two types of people. who People who like Disney, it clicks for them, brings out the best in them, and they just get in. Like people yeah. who it's not their finest hour. I would yeah. say that was me. I still had an amazing time, but like I was being dumb at Disney. Olivia was being smart at Disney. I know exactly what you're talking about. I was like a Disney adult last December because Josh's company took the whole gang to Disney for their 30th anniversary. And it's just, it's the wild, wild west out there. You get either, those two get it, get it. I couldn't imagine being there with like your company. I know. I've done it with my company too. And it is kind of epic because they just shut down the park. So you don't have to eat Oh, that's unreal. And you can like get wine. And people brought their kids. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't, not really, like you weren't supposed to, but I think some people did, but like that was not. Oh, I would for sure. I would sneak them in. I'd be like, I'm not going to Disney after dark. No lines uh, without yeah, I you. I think there but- were like the, the the people who did, did, and most of us did not. It was lit. Got it. I forgot about that. Lit. Mickey gets lit. I didn't even know you did that. Yeah, me neither. I'm just I'm so mysterious. She's so yeah. mysterious. Well, let's get into this month's book because we read a Jax's Choice. I hadn't made a choice since June, I think, because we skipped me while I was on maternity leave. So this was my first book in like a seven or eight months. And I chose None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Quick synopsis if you didn't read the book. But if you're someone who reads for fun and listens to this episode, then you should read this book because it's super quick. And I feel like everyone will baseline like it, hopefully. Um but then varying degrees of how much you like it. Anyways, it is a thriller and it is about two women who couldn't be, it seems, more opposite. We have Alex, who is a fabulous podcaster, influencer, mama bear, just like chic lady about London. And we have Josie, who is mysterious, reclusive, quirky, weird, sad, we think. And the two of them actually have the exact same birth date. They were born on the same birth Dana, actually. Uh, in the same hospital and they are both celebrating their birthdays at the same restaurant where they connect and they're like oh my god that's my birthday oh my god I'm 45 oh my god I was born at St. Mary's and that's just like a fun fact but it sets into motion the events of the book Alex who's the podcaster is kind of over her usual motif for podcasting and has been looking for something fresh but coming up dry and Josie just decided that she's going to change her life and she wants to broadcast this life change on Alex's podcast so she worms her way into Alex's life Alex finds her very interesting because her story is kind of crazy the true story is crazy and then also the untrue story that Josie has been telling her which we don't know is untrue except for the title of the book the whole time is telling you it's not true (laughs) 
But long story short, Josie's story is that she was married very young. She met her husband when she was 14 and he was 42. They didn't have sex till she was 16. I think they got married when she was 18. And she had two children with him. And now her daughters are grown. One of them ran away from home. The other one is a recluse in every sense of the word. A gaming addict. Only eats soft baby food. Just not totally socialized and what you would consider functioning yeah. I don't know what the word functioning. is yeah and um Josie has decided that she wants to leave her husband because she's realized that he's a disgusting pedophile and that he groomed her and he, she's sharing all of this with Alex while also trying to become Alex's best friend and be a part of her life and her family and live in her house and get Alex to leave her husband because she thinks that both of their husbands are bad and all men are bad and Josie winds up kidnapping Alex's husband accidentally murdering him murdering her own husband Walter who's now 72 trying to murder her daughter just like murdering everyone running away and never being caught and then Alex is left to pick up the pieces and she's like why did I let this person into my life who literally destroyed my life Alex realized oh I loved my life actually like I don't know what I was searching for I loved my husband he was great now he's gone uh so it was that that was the book Josie runs away and is not caught good recap and it actually ended very similarly to strange sally diamond because the same thing the crimes were committed right before covid ran away now it's maskville lockdowns a lot of cases get put on the back burner and she gets away with it covid is and also there was the insinuation that there was more like more victims oh really not like future but past when there were like a couple seconds that nobody recognized yes and and actually, snitch, yeah. that means that if there was more than one thing like this, then there will be future because it's a pattern and that's who she is as a sociopathic murderess. Yeah, even though she thinks she's like doing the right thing. It's bizarre. Yeah, because she's not well. Makes you wonder if in real life that really happened, that a lot of crimes like went unsolved or just the trail went super cold because of like lack of intra- like lack of resources, people staying home, people wearing masks, like you could wear a mask for the rest of your life now and people would just think like you're not over COVID, not that you're a murderer. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, Okay, so that was the book. Let's talk about what we thought. Overall thoughts, do we like it or not like it? I'll go first. I liked it so much. The writing was great. I love that it's centered around a podcast. I liked the way that it was structured. I didn't realize till I was reading the acknowledgements that it wasn't your typical thriller because I feel like a lot of thrillers have either multiple perspectives or flashback, flash forward. This was one straight line like third party narrator like and most thrillers aren't written that way but I liked how it was written and that there was the podcast element influencing you know social media I like all of that and I thought that the crimes the whole time they're like if you knew what we did or if you knew the truth there's this thing looming and because the truth was so up for debate here I feel like we never got like to the heart of the matter of like what what was it when she said to Walter, I'm going to go to the police. Well, and Walter was like, you're so stupid. Like, what was she going to go to the police over? Like, I still feel like there's so much uncertainty, but I think the yeah. author intentionally left it that way to, for you to question, like, what is the truth? Yeah. I thought this book rocked. Um, I, <laughs> I devoured it. It, like, really kept my interest the whole time. The writing was easy. The title was fitting because the whole time I was reading, I was like, Jesus, none of this is true. What's going on? 
Um, I found the characters to be like all simultaneously both infuriating and like provocative. I wanted to shake Alex at times. I wanted to scream at Josie. I wanted to kill Nathan. So like it was the perfect amount of death, <laughs> but still mixed in with the thriller aspect. Um, and it also had the perfect amount of darkness for me because, you know, I like those like very dark books and the, the pedophilia and the sickness, like everything. It was riveting. I thought it was a really solid. Do book. you like like the gaming dar- baby food? I just thought it was like, I actually kind of doubted the obvious conclusion of he was molesting the two daughters because it just made it too, too obvious. Like, oh, she started regressing as soon as he went into her room each night and wanted baby food. Like everything seemed too on the nose. So I actually thought all of that stuff was like ironically leading me in another direction than what they were trying to put me in. Yeah, I didn't think that he was doing that either. It just would have been, again, yes. too on the yes. nose. Bex, what'd you think? I actually did think he was doing it. And I like had like a kind of sick theory that Aaron, because like, they talked about the stench coming out of her room. So I was thinking mm-hmm, that she was right. like intentionally like soiling herself or like not addressing like her room to deter him from entering. Oh. So I just had like a weird theory about that. Which proved to be. I mean, I, I w- guess they never really got to the bottom of what the smell was. I thought she was like Loki dead the whole time. And Josie oh, was like interesting pretending snitch. she was alive. And they kept talking about this like smell. And it was like their dead daughter. But she's like just pretending That's a really that good there. guess that I didn't even think about. That is good. But they never addressed the smell. And if Walter was going in there every night like and it smelled so bad... Why didn't he address it? How could he go in there every night and stomach the smell? And if she was just in there like living her best gaming life, which is what it turned out to be, why not a shower? Yeah, the smell is confusing. But we got a lot of questions about that. Probably I probably have the most questions ever about like what was the smell? Great question. It was her for sure. It was just like, why wasn't she taking care of herself? Yeah. Or was it that like, I mean, maybe it was, like, for a while there, Josie was taking care of her. And then when she kind of stopped and – because she was special needs. So maybe she, like, was never – didn't know how to bathe or didn't know how to shower. And that was Josie who was doing it or Roxy was doing it. And then Roxy left. Josie didn't give a shit about Erin. And so then Erin just stayed. Oh, I guess I I didn't have a full understanding of what her special needs were. I thought it was more of a verbal thing and the and the soft foods not like a physical thing. I don't know. They, they never tell us. Me. I yeah. just wasn't familiar with the disease. And they said ASD, autism spectrum disorder. Oh, that's what I yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's a spectrum, yeah. so it it could have been at any degree. Um. Well, what did you think? But I really liked this book. I could not put it down. It, it was like I couldn't read it at night because I was staying up until two in the morning and I had a presentation the next day and I was like, what's happening? So I was completely enthralled. Um, I liked that I kept getting surprised like around every corner. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. Um, I would say my only like issue with it was kind of the ending um I I like didn't I don't know I felt like Alex weirdly like wasn't upset enough about her husband dying and I feel like it kind of like jumbled together like oh and like I accidentally killed Nathan bye I was like I felt like it was like a little bit like there was um loose threads that like the author kind of just 
tied up, but there, there was so much thought and it was so methodically orchestrated earlier in the book that I felt it was like a little less cohesive in the end, but I still thoroughly enjoyed the entire time and like loved the book. But there were a few times where I was like, mm, like this is kind of dragging and also like not making as much sense as I expected it to, but I really liked it. I agree with that. Snitchell. I really liked it until the end. Like I really hated the end. That um, she wasn't caught. That she wasn't caught. Like that like it just got so confusing. And it also was kind of like Verity vibes. Like it's at the end. Yes. It's like, well, was Josie right? And like everything's wrong. Like I don't know. Um I also didn't like the huge like time jumps. Like it was like something would happen and then it was like six months later. Sixteen months later. And it's just like I don't know. It was I it kind of ruined it for me. I also hated the name of the book. Because I thought it spoiled the whole book. Because the entire time I was like, is none of this true? Which is, I guess, maybe the point. But I don't like that. I would have rather been, like, shocked that none of it was true. But in the back of my head, the whole time, I'm thinking, is any of this true? Well, the way I felt was, like, so many things of the things that Josie was saying. Like, there was no way that they were untrue. Like, she did meet her husband at 14. Everyone agreed. They did get married by 18. Like, what wasn't true about that? Right. It was. But then when, like, everything was uncovered, like, everyone was like, no, she wasn't groomed. Like, she pursued that. Which is, like, probably true, but it is still technically grooming, no? I think is the beauty of the book, that, like, you're presented with facts. Some of them are more obscure than others in terms of, like, reliability. But, yeah, she could definitely have still been considered groomed and molested at that age, despite the mom's assertion that, like, the daughter... Uh, seduced this old man it's like up for your own interpretation whether that's even possible at that age like an old man with the agency to do whatever he wanted should not be preying on a young girl no matter how advanced they are totally like in a court of law i feel like like she would have been groomed yeah no matter what she was doing or saying to like win his win him over that's yeah and also like he was dating her mother right and also alex interviewed pat and why didn't pat ever mention this about Josie or say like oh I was just the fact of I she met him because I was dating him it all comes out after when someone's like oh if you had asked me about her I would have told you this like even the secretary at the school she was like I didn't know they were doing a podcast or else I would have been like correct well also when Alex met Pat for the first time she was asking about um, Josie and Walter and you would have thought that like at that point she would have brought it up but she right. didn't and it's all too it's too only mean. after everyone like it's not even like they were hiding these things because they're just facts and then after they're right. like oh if we should have said that but that's what makes it good it's like all right the, that one's a clear one I do think Walter was a pedophile and should not have any business with her as a 14 year old but then she did things like mm-hmm. oh was did she kill Walter like was this true there's just enough doubt in it to make you wonder what else is true or not she definitely killed Walter who else they said he had a heart attack in her like last introspection chapter yeah I thought he did have a heart attack I thought he had because she was like beating he had a heart attack and she (laughs) 
beat him. In her version, at the very end, she's like, I told him I was going to come clean about Brooke, meaning that Roxy killed Brooke and Walter aided in the hiding of Brooke. And Walter was so upset about the revelation that he had a heart attack because he was like, you idiot, you can't. And then he kind of died on his own in her mind. And then Roxy came out and started beating her and this whole thing ensued. Aaron. Whereas like. Right. But we know we know that that's not true because he was found tied up in the tub. Yes. Yeah. So maybe he had a heart attack. He fell to the floor and she's beating him as he's having a heart attack. Maybe half. I think with Josie, like half is all is true. Yeah. Yeah. And do we believe that Roxy killed that's Brooke? What, that's what it's like I don't. up to your interpretation. Who yeah, do you that's believe? the Verity thing. Yeah. I'm at this point, just like Verity, it's more convenient to believe that Josie killed her. But I just want to say, if Roxy and Brooke got into a fight at school, why didn't Brooke's mother know about that and know about Roxy punched your daughter? Maybe we should like look at this girl when my daughter's missing. 1,000%. And why'd Roxy kill her? <laughs> and why did Roxy kill her? Yeah, weren't they lovers? Like, you got yeah, into a but fight Roxy had like bunch. very well documented behavioral issues. She had yeah, yeah, yeah. violence. Yeah, maybe she did kill her. But then, but then, why would she kill her? And then her mom does all the stuff, and then she runs away like an evil person. It's like if you tell anyone, I'll just blame you. But I like, think I that's kind like of believable. Like parents covering their kids' tracks. Like we see yes. that all the time in media. So. I don't know. Or maybe I guess she ran away because loving she parents, loving parents yeah. cover their kids' tracks. That's true. She can't. No, just I think Roxy you. ran away. There was like nothing to be done. What would, what would Josie have and, done? Her daughter and was Roxy gone. Roxy said, "If you tell anyone, I'll just say it was you." But there definitely was a weirdness of like when Roxy and Aaron were giving yes, their interview, yes. and she's like, "Oh, well, yeah, she called my sister a name. I heard she called my sister a name, and turns out I'm just being, you know." impetuous me didn't look for facts so i punched her and that's why everybody is lying and none of this is true yeah yeah maybe the whole yeah the brooke thing is weird also also it was roxy who said that brooke and i were in a relationship maybe they weren't even it's who do you believe maybe maybe roxy was in love with brooke but brooke wasn't in love with roxy maybe right and maybe that's why Brooke wanted to go to the prom. Endless speculation because they never clarified from any of yeah. Right, which is kind of yeah. fun. And any of this could be the right answer. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the DBQs. The book came with a book club guide. I Therefore, I love it. <laughs> um, before we get into the questions, so though, I need to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Caraway. You guys, we love caraway here so much each of us has the non-stick pan i have it in pink and cream and getting it in pink has just been such a blessing um we love cooking with caraway it's non-stick it's non-toxic it looks nice it's loved by everyone who uses it all the girlies got one can you just give me like a quick synopsis on your thoughts about your caraway love my caraway so much love my coral color because it has brightened up my kitchen and the fact that I can make an egg and it's so seamless and there's a the nonstick is iconic it's just made my my cooking life so much better thanks caraway I have the gray and it's amazing I use it actually every day and it really is nonstick like nothing and you've been cooking so much and I feel like it's because you got a caraway for sure because it's like nice and I don't have to like dread the cleanup Totally. Well, if you want to check out Caraway, you guys will love their organization system for their lids. They've solved what to do with your freaking lids. And you'll love the colors and just, it's 
Guaranteed you're going to love it. So visit carawayhome.com slash redheads to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off of your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash redheads or use code redheads at checkout. That's R-E-A-D-H-E-A-D-S. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. Now, if you're wondering, what should I cook in this pot? Today's episode is also brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one favorite meal kit. So Bex, you recently got on the HelloFresh grind. Can you tell us your experience? Well, I love to cook, and I will say that I feel like my favorite week of cooking this year has been with my HelloFresh delivery because of all of the packaging, all of the directions, and it was such a satisfying experience. I felt like a chef, and I didn't have like a ton of waste, which I always feel weird about after like I go to the store and I only use like an eighth of the ingredients. So I'm so bought into all things HelloFresh. I'm really obsessed, and like you guys and have you cook- to try it. Do you guys do you cook it in your caraway? A hundred percent I cook it in my caraway. And guess what? There's no stick. <laughs> Whether you're trying to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef crafted recipes at a price you'll like delivered right to your door. Plus, they're giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. That means you'll enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. Go to HelloFresh.com slash RedheadsFree and use code RedheadsFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash RedheadsFree with code RedheadsFree. Okay, let's get into the questions. First up, we've already discussed this a bit, but I feel like there's more to be said. Consider how the book's title influenced your perception of events and characters. What elements were you suspicious of from the start because of the title? I was suspicious of everything. I was mostly suspicious of Josie. Nothing really on the Alex piece of it. I've snitch you seem very affected by the title I was. I was less impacted by it I actually like kind of forgot the name of the book until maybe like three quarters of the way through that I was like oh my god like they're alluding to Josie being like completely unhinged which we knew but once I think Walter kind of co- like went in and and told us listen everybody she's a big freaking liar I was like oh we have to be very suspicious yeah, I agree. I feel like it was only when I would like lay my head down and I like think about the book and try and figure out what was going to happen that I would remember it's called None of This Is True. I was like, okay, so which part is probably not true? But really like Walter, he did that shit. So yeah, she probably, Josie had some ulterior motives, but I couldn't figure out what I should not be believing. I mentioned this already, but like the things that I was focused on were the obvious conclusion that he was molesting his two kids were not hitting for me, probably influenced by the book's title of like, none of this is true. None of this is true. And something that like really stood out was that voice note at the end that Josie sent to Alex where she was like, I accidentally killed your husband, but nothing else was true. Like I wasn't planning on doing this. I'm not a liar. Everything you're putting in your podcast is going to be false. Like, please believe me. I kind of was like, I think there's more to this. Like, I don't, I'm not writing her off immediately as like a big fat pathological liar. There must be something in what she's saying that like we're missing right now. 
I kind of agree. I do think that there's like much more that we don't know. But I do think she was giving me like murderer energy. So like I think she like wanted to kill Walter. I think she like wanted to kill Aaron. And I think she wanted to kill Nathan. Like from the start she like had her freaking sight set on Nathan. And I thought I was like oh she's going to kill this guy. Like 100%. I do not think that was an accident. I don't know. And she said the only way, death is the only clean break. She yes. kill, wanted to kill Walter. But she wanted to kill aren't Nathan. Aren't those too obvious? Like, it just felt as if all of those little clues were leading us in that direction. But I don't believe Roxy and the other daughter's full truth. Like, I just think that not everything that Josie said was a lie. I agree. Like, I don't believe their full truth because they were a dysfunctional family and it wasn't just Josie. Like, Roxy as we mentioned, had oppositional defiance disorder. Like she's literally ran away from home. Who even knows what she has been doing the last few years. But I think Josie was responsible for the majority of it. So they they attributed all of it to her so that they could like move forward. But, you know, how did Josie, after Walter died, like she left her daughter in a closet. Yeah. Her daughter who has special needs, who doesn't eat. She like left her there half conscious, like, this is a horrible, horrible person. Yeah. And, and I feel fine blaming everything yeah. on her. And regardless if Walter had the heart attack or if Josie whatever, she still boldface lied to Alex when recording of me and Roxy, me and Erin walked down the street. She turned left. I turned right. Like those were lies that are refutable. So. Right. Refutable. Yeah, big yeah. time. And whether or not he had the heart attack and she killed him or she just straight up killed him. Like she was going to kill him. We saw her slap him before. Like, yeah, she's abusive. My question is, why didn't Walter leave? Like when they were younger, like she ha- obviously oh, wasn't. Well, like, he loved the daughters a for a while. Him and, um, him and Josie seemed to be fine. Like, I think it's just, you get comfortable and you're in a family life and it gets hard to leave. He did mention that his sons, he was totally cut off from, had no contact, and he was nervous about that happening again with his daughters. Mm. Oh. And then he's, like, in his 60s. Where is he going? I don't know. Just, like, not be abused. (laughs) But then, what, he's going to leave his daughter in the house with her? Like, I think this was his life. Yeah. They should have killed Josie. Yeah. What about a shared birthday might make you feel bonded to someone? Would you feel a sense of connection and intrigue the way Josie and Alex do? Why do you think Josie imbues this relatively ordinary coincidence with so much importance and meaning? Well, I totally thought this was going to be like a switch up. Me too, Jackie. I thought this was like twins separated at birth or something. Like I, especially when Alex was like, I always thought I should have been one of yes. two. Oh yeah. That, that was where I thought this entire book was going. Like a podcast Same. where yeah. they realized they were related. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Especially because they made such a big thing about, hi, I'm your birthday yes. twin. But how would you feel if you met someone born on the same day as you? in the same hospital there was a girl that I grew up with born in the same hospital same day and like we always like gave each other like a cute acknowledgement on our birthday but like in no way shape or form did I feel at all an attachment to this literal stranger that happened to be born on the same day as me you don't want to have her on your podcast on the redheads honestly mm, no I don't but like it is hilarious that we do have a podcast and like the option exists for us to bring our birthday twins i think i'd be like how do i not know this person if they live in the same area as me like i know everybody yeah that's the thing they would live in the same area as you unless it was like new york city they would be from your town more likely you know so it's like oh so we do have the same birthday and we probably were born at the same hospital we have to have some mutual friends yeah 
I would always see her at the same birthday dinner. We would always go to Primavera Pizza Kitchen for our birthdays. <laughs> and, like, we, we were similar in that way. And did you go up to her in the bathroom and say, hi, your birthday I'm your twin. birthday twin. Hi, I'm your birthday twin. Well, we, like, knew each other. We had been doing this for, like, 15 years. That is really, yeah. like, kind of crazy. I'm, like, into that It stuff. is kind of crazy. I would think that was awesome. It, it was cute. Like, it was, like, we weren't friends at all. But, like, we did have this commonality that was sweet. Once a year, we, like, bonded. I guess everyone in your class growing up, if you have the same birthday as someone, which doesn't really happen, but if you did, then like, then you're born on the same day. You know, when you're younger, it's yeah more likely. And you always know who your birthday twins are in the class. Like, Lauren D's yeah. on forever. Oh, oh, you had someone who had your birthday? <laughs> oh, yeah. Not same hospital, but like, you always know who has your own birthday in your grade. For sure. How do you know what hospital she was born in? I guess I don't, but I like, I would know if it was mine. Really? <laughs> really? I, she like has her. the records. <laughs> She also moved to town like she wasn't. Oh, she moved to town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, okay, that's a good reason. <laughs> Next. In what ways are we encouraged to see Josie in a sympathetic light in the early chapters? How does Lisa Jewell's characterization lead us to think of Josie as a little quirky or lonely and ultimately harmless? Well, definitely the denim. The denim. That's just like anyone who has denim curtains isn't like. It's not giving serial killer. And it's just like, hilarious. I think also Josie's like internal monologue. Like she just cool. seemed like so yeah. sad no, and groomed and like. Well, before <laughs> you like knew anything, her whole thing is she's married to a pedophile. Her daughter's estranged from her. She has a narcissistic mother. She's nostalgic for like her kid's past. Like she's very sympathetic before you know the truth. She like has never gone to like a real dinner before. She's like, look at us at this pub. Yeah. Like how crazy are we? Yeah, when Alex was like, oh, Josie, you married a pedophile. I'm like, that's when I was like, oh, yeah, I guess she did. But yeah, yeah, yeah. As Alex learns increasingly dark details about Josie's life, she is disturbed but doesn't intervene, nor does she stop the podcast interviews. Do you think Alex should have done something? What do you think the outcome would have been? I think, okay, I have thoughts on Alex because what I did like about her is that I feel like so many times when we read these books, like, the other person that, like, something is happening to is, like, so dumb. Like, they don't have any sort of critical thinking. Like, they just, like, believe everything. And it's, like, how could you possibly believe that? Like, use your brain. And Alex did use her brain. Like, she was, like, oh, this is weird. Like, I I think Josie's, like, the one who's the problem. Like, whatever. So she was putting it together, which I enjoyed because I feel like us as the reader was, like, oh, I think Josie might actually be the problem, too. Her not doing anything and, like, and not putting even more stuff together. Like, all the things that were going missing. Like, how did you not figure that out? And also, like, um, when she showed up and was, like, Walter abused me, whatever, and let her stay for a week. Like, why she didn't call the police. That she, that cl- that she clearly the- had on speed dial. Right. Made no sense. That was the the first thing to me where I was like you need to do something because everything else it's kind of like oh that's Josie's life like I and I feel like a lot of times journalists like they your job is to observe it's not to intervene I feel like she should have called the police for Josie if her husband did abuse her and then if he didn't and maybe the story wasn't adding up then you need to call the police and double check before you have this strange woman living in a house with your children and you're leaving the house to walk her dog and leaving her in your house with your children it wasn't until Josie became the house guest that I really was questioning Alex's choices 
Agreed. I kind of understood that Alex wanted to get the story. I think, like, it was becoming clear that this was actually becoming quite a situation. And she was like, I think we really have something. Like, let me just power through and get this crazy lady, her crazy details, and make a crazy podcast. And, like, then we'll be done. It was only the ho- until she became a house guest that I was like, okay, now it's no longer acceptable. And yeah, but I understood her having them for dinner and, like, really just trying to get the story. Everything was fine until then. Even though it wasn't adding up, like, she was doing the job of oh, that dinner nothing I wanted to be transported to less horrible well snitch <laughs> to your point like you thought she was a likable character because she had a brain and was questioning Josie I actually thought that made it worse because she was aware of all the inconsistencies and weirdness like when they caught her on the camera sifting through their recycling bin and like staring in but she just ignored all the warning signs for the success of the podcast which I agree with I respect but look where it landed you like you sacrificed all for this podcast when you had like pretty good indicators of something going to go awry with this woman and like she didn't look into anything at bare minimum she could have stopped by the house and like checked out the scene after she went to live with her and she kind of peered in but she didn't do enough yeah she didn't do enough next Josie ponders her life and choices throughout the novel at one point wondering how she might leave her family and live elsewhere she thinks to herself Alex is the answer to everything somehow why does Josie think Alex will change her life? How do you think she envisions a change at this point in the novel? I guess if we're like operating on this theory that Josie was telling the truth and just her whole life keeping this huge secret of Roxy murdering Brooke, then she saw Alex as this like path to confession and redemption. Like, okay, I can no longer live with this. I haven't seen Roxy in years. Like, it's time for my truth and to break out of this lie. To be honest, I don't know the answer to the original question, so I like yours, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there, like, is an answer. I just think she saw Alex as this escape. Like, if I can tell my truth, then I can get out of these shackles, even if they're self-imagined shackles that she created on her own mentality. But it's like, why did she have to do a po- Like, she had this idea for a podcast and wanted her story out there. Like, why a podcast? If you want confession, like, why not a friend or the church or something? Like, was she wanting fame or I don't think it was like so proactive I think she saw her birthday twin out envisioned this life that she could have had oh that's my counterpart she has all these friends she has all these people stalked her did research saw she was a podcaster and that's when she started like like, formulating the plan okay but why did she decide to go to that restaurant for her birthday to begin with that was like the first step of change right yeah yeah I do think it was like very tied to the birthday twin concept like I feel like that clicked for Josie and then set her on a path of destruction and for whatever reason she was just so taken by it but you're right Jackie it seems a little too neat that like when I turned 45 I started thinking about changing my life and then all of a sudden at dinner like I got the propellant I needed it's like why were you at dinner in the first place yeah, but I like what you guys are saying. She, like, hyper-fixated on, like, maybe Alex to her represented, like, a parallel life. Yeah. And in order to get to that life, she needed Alex. Yes. That's what she okay. stood for. What was your initial reaction to the scene in which Josie screams and slaps Walter? After knowing the ending, how do you now understand their dynamics? Do I mean, I'm a Walter apologist. <laughs> Me too, sort of. Like, I... I love that man. He is my king. Not actually. Okay, but 
this is probably like a much larger question, but is he a pedophile? I think so. I he think is a 45-year-old so. man is. sleeping with a 16-year-old girl. 42 and 16 is a crazy age difference. But if if Josie never came on to him, and I literally hate even talking like this because, like, she's a 16-year-old girl, and it, like, sounds so... I just think of that about, like, my dark Vanessa, and I'm like, shut up, Jackie. Stop talking. Like, it's not her. But, like, we see throughout the book, like, Josie is this master manipulator. Like, she... Like, I can't even say these words, but, like, she forced herself on him to steal her mom's boyfriend, her mom who she hated so much. And, like, if Walter had never met Josie, he would have never slept with an underage person in his life, probably. Yeah. His wife was 10 years younger than her. Younger than him. That's true. She was, like, 18 or 19. Yeah. His first wife was young. She was 10 years younger than him. He was in his late 20s. So, Oh, yes. I thought the same thing. I thought so it thing. makes her 18, 19, and that, that is a red flag. You're right. You're right. Jackie, this is why all the redheads are telling you to read all the ugly and wonderful things, because, like, this is the central tension of that book. And it is, like, cause for debate. It seems on the surface, like, yes, he's a pedophile. Look at this age difference. But when you throw in all of the factors, it's it's kind of hard to be black and white always. But then, yeah, like, and- then she's 45 and he's 80. 72. 72. And he's just, like, a good husband to her then. Just, like, very patient and, like, very sympathetic to her psycho situations. And lets him, lets her verbally assault him and tell him to get a haircut and buys new clothes when she demands it. And I'm just, like, I feel sad for him. And there is a sort of sickness to have to leave your current girlfriend for her daughter. Yeah. And also, I wish we got We were married. I wish we got Walter's perspective because it doesn't, it actually like doesn't add up. Like if he was dating Pat and they were like good and they were always like kind of laughing about Josie, like what happened that he would switch and then that he stays with Josie all these years, even though things are so toxic, but he just seems to be like a, a man with like little, like Like and who's also controlling. He's weak, but he's controlling like very, very confusing never really got a proper read on him but I also feel like when someone's a pedophile like when their partner grows up like that's an issue yeah yeah it might be a little harsh to call him a pedophile because I agree I think there's some like um consistency in that brand of you're always thinking about underage girls which I'm not so quick to label him as but I do think going for someone that young has like indecent tendencies yeah, yeah. I just Agreed. think like no matter what, if you're with someone that young and you're 42, there is something wrong with you. Whether or not you're a pedophile, I don't know, but you're not normal. Like it might not be pathological, but it, it's not good. Right. Okay. So, like, what about like Leonardo DiCaprio and yeah. Scott Disick? Both pedophiles. <laughs> Pedophilic behavior. The, by the standard, then they are. No, like there's something perverted. No, but, but their people no, but haven't they're... been under the age of 18. 18. Like, well, and they're Walter, not, they, they've been like 20 uh, to 25, which is still gross, but like, or it's like fine. eight, no, like 18, 19. They start at around like 18. Yeah, 19, we got to yeah. pick an age that it's acceptable. Well, according to the law, it's 18 and above. It, but what was the law here in this book? I feel like it was 16. That's why they waited. Yeah. So then it's not. Oh, is it different in the UK? It's different everywhere. Every state has a different law. Yeah. It's some places like 17, right? It's ripe for analysis. Yeah. But anyways, I think we can all agree that it's it's gray. Yeah. Yes. 
Next question. When Josie and Walter come for dinner at Alex and Nathan's, it becomes clear that Josie hasn't told Walter about the podcast. Alex thinks to herself that it's a classic Josie maneuver, like buying a palm chi without checking that it really was a palm chi, a sort of blundering, thoughtless, aimless approach to life, a do the thing and worry about it later approach. Do you agree with Alex's characterization of Josie or do you think Josie is secretly more calculating? Okay, I thought that was like a little of an unfair analogy. She didn't research the dog in depth, so all of a sudden she has a blasé approach to life. Like, also, Alex, you were not so honest with your husband about things, specifically the podcast in the beginning. So, like, Josie's no angel, but neither are you. Yeah, and I also, I think that was like a bad call on Alex's part. She's not just like thoughtless and blundering through life. She's actually like quite the opposite and calculated. Yeah. And I think for her calculation, she thought the best way to get Walter at dinner and on board was just to pretend like she already told him yes also the palm chi i feel like she i feel like josie explained it to us i feel like she was like walter wanted to get me the cheap version of a palm chi i wanted like the purebred but like he said no yeah yeah it was like i a didn't find example. that yeah, yeah like the dog wasn't like an issue yeah okay next question in what ways does class influence the book's event how do the two families different social classes factor into the plot well, I'm confused because is this hinting that Josie's poor and Alex is rich? Yes. For sure. This question? Yeah. Because the estate that Josie grew up on and her mom's wealth, like I don't think of her as necessarily a poverty person. I think that was like a kind of like condominium. Oh. Like a... Yeah, I think it was like... the. But also this book had a lot of like inside British baseball words and things that were, that were not explained to us that I think are like commonplace in... The UK, but the vibe I got was like it was a former estate that was then split up into like multifamily housing. But everything and she was lives a flat. like right off. She lives right off the bus stop, whereas Alex, I was getting like a townhome vibe from Alex with the blue door and the Instagram yeah. interior, yeah, and the soap. Then I think it harks back soap. to what we were saying about parallel lives. Like Alex represents what Josie could have been had her life taken a different direction from her birthday twin but I feel like for Josie it was never about money at all even at one point she's reminiscing on her life and the way she sees her life is kind of like this fairy tale up until this point when she was like I was a young girl with power and then like I was a young mom pinching pennies at the grocer and I feel like she feels warmly about you know like it was a point of pride for her not like a, a feeling of Alex has all this and I don't have these things yeah. I know I agree with you I actually didn't in I didn't see Josie as one as being like this could have been my life like this is like the road less traveled and if I like did this this and this differently I could have had Alex's life I just think it was like she got to a, a inflection point in her life and like turned 45 and was like I all of a sudden want more and like looked at Alex and was like she has more and like became totally infatuated and enchanted by Alex's life but Jackie, I agree with you that it's like she felt pretty. It seems like she was content for a lot of her youth and like her own family life. Yeah. And I think it was more of what you were saying earlier, Dana, when she saw Alex at the restaurant. It's like they were both eating at the same restaurant. They could both afford the same restaurant. It was like that Alex's life was so full yeah. with friends and, and merry men and family and Josie's wasn't. Because throughout the book, money's never an issue for Josie. She had that inheritance from her grandma, by the way, question mark. She has the money that she stole from her daughter who's fucking crushing it yeah. online. <laughs> and even when she goes to the store to buy new clothes, she's surprised by how affordable it is to just look nicer yeah. than she does and not 
be a quirky person wearing denim all the time. You're right. It's not different social classes that are factoring into the plot. It's just different lifestyles. Yeah. yeah. And just like even the prioritizing of, of having those little cute knickknacks around the house where yeah. I feel like she really liked those things that Alex had and then realized, oh, I could have those things too. Yeah, it's like quality. Let me steal them. Quality of life oh, is what she's jealous of, not like yeah. necessarily financial stuff. And also even that board in Alex's house with all of the kids' drawings, it's like that is priceless. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. drawings are priceless. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> okay, okay, guys, yeah. Yeah, you want to come for me? You want to come? Drawings. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to say something nice. <laughs> next question what details from Erin and Roxy's stories about their childhoods are more recent events and more recent events shocked you the most which of Josie's lies do you assume were true and why well it's hard to know what was true still at the end of the book so like what okay, was so what shocked you the most about what Josie and Aaron said versus what Josie said? What Roxy, Roxy and Aaron? Said. I'm sorry, all these people's names I know, are like the I same. I totally agree. Um, I was shocked that we learned that Roxy potentially killed Brooke. That was a big one for me. I was shocked that they had a really close relationship with Walter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that he was like the money man behind Glitch. And the streaming that he was going in yes. there every night to like stream with her erased and pops like what? Yeah. Yeah. And that like Josie was so jealous of her kids having a good relationship with the father and like hated Brooke for like being a positive influence. But another thing that's not adding up earlier in the book, they interviewed the gaming people that Aaron was playing against who saw her get up and yes. then they heard all this commotion. How come those people never mentioned that she often would game with her dad and that he was a big part of Good her well, thing? Yeah, you're right. Well, Good nobody point. asked. No, I think but. it's that at that point they're making a documentary and they want you to be on the edge of your seat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it still, it's like, okay, well, you didn't give me all the information, so I don't feel bad for being stupid. Yeah, correct. like how would I have known? I don't really know how that would have helped. I feel like it was far, far enough along in, like, the murder that, like, us knowing that Walter was there, I guess it just would have made us aware that he wasn't sexually abusing her. Exactly. And that, like, they had a good relationship and what was going on in Erin's room, like, that was kind of the party room in the house, and not... if they wanted Like, to, Josie's room was a sad room. Yeah, if they wanted to, like, keep up our suspicion on his intentions, they could have just mentioned, like, and we often saw, like, in the background, her dad, they didn't even need to go into how supportive he was yeah being. yeah yeah they could have kept us and oh my god the dad's in the room how yeah exactly that was like an annoying omission because you're right is as the reader didn't we didn't stand a chance yeah yeah we didn't stand a chance <laughs> okay except yeah when yeah next question toward the end of the novel we get more perspectives on Josie as a character and the truth of what she did from her children her mother Caitlin and others with these increased points of view how do you now see Josie Psycho. Yeah. yeah. From, from her kids and Caitlin, psycho. From her mom, I'm harking back to like, did your 16 daughter year old daughter steal your boyfriend? Or like, is something not adding up? Like, not everybody's account of Josie made me hate her. Some cast more doubt on the others. Maybe. Maybe if it was just about like figuring Josie out. But the fact that she drugged and kidnapped Nathan and drugged him again and killed him. Yeah. I'm going to believe every nasty thing someone has to say and about you. And what yeah. was her plan? 
She said her plan was to, like, drug him, make him scared, like, and then leave him on the side of the road so that he would never do it to Alex ever again. But since when is she like that? Like, she doesn't offer redemption. Like, death was the only clean slate option. Don't forget it. Yeah. When someone tells you who they are, believe Believe them. (laughs) That's why I can't really trust Josie. Like, even when she came back and was like, I, like, this, this, and this wasn't true. Like, believe me. And we're kind of like, do we believe her? Like, maybe. But I feel like she is lying. Like, she was always going to kill Nathan. She made it so clear. And therefore, like, you saying that you didn't mean to and that it was an accident is still a lie. It was also written, interestingly, because I think the verbiage was like, and that's something that Josie really believed happened. Like, in her head, she believed it to make you think, like, yeah, I'm sure she might actually believe this, but that doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, it was written like that. Last question. In the very last scene, Josie is on a bus contemplating the past. She has convinced herself that the way she remembers things is what really happened. Do you think we are supposed to believe her or is she deluding herself? Delusional. I think she believes what she believes, but like, I don't think it's true. Okay, so who do you think killed Brooke? I think that Josie killed Brooke also because why did she have her trinkets if Roxy killed her? That's a good point, Snitch, the trinkets. Point one for snitch. Also, I thought what was going to happen is she was going to hear people talking about her from the podcast and documentary. And because she like can't control herself, just like how she saw red before she killed Walter, I thought she was going to like lose her mind and, uh, you know, hit them or scream at them. And then she would have, you know, get got caught. I thought the same, Jax. I was like, oh, she's about to kill a bitch. (laughs) I actually would have liked that as an ending. Yeah. I was actually dying when she was like, really, Alex, basic bitch. That's oh my God, the Dana. best you got. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was actually thinking it was a really smart strategy for like Alex to go in on Josie. Like, because yes. you know you're going to hear from her because she doesn't like that. Yes. And that she was so offended. So, I love that. Hilarious. Part. Really, Alex, basic bitch. So funny. They mentioned toast pajamas. Anyone catch that? I know. Some people thought the book was like toast coded because it's about a podcast and the toast pajamas. But that was really where it starts. Again. <laughs> it, as far as like influences, yeah. you know, like it's not like Alex. Alex had blonde hair, not red or brunette. There. She didn't have palm leaf studio. Therefore. I thought Alex had red hair. Blonde. blonde. Were the sisters like redheads? No, there was something the, about redheads. Nathan. Nathan was a redhead. Nathan and uh, the kids. And the kids. Yes. Yeah, super cute. Oh, so maybe it was toasty. Also, what I thought was funny was after the dinner when she was like so disappointed and like Alex and like the wine she gave that she didn't like. Oh yeah, that was funny. Like, I thought she'd um, make more than pasta. Yeah, like all yeah. I was like, oh my god, you need to calm down. Yeah, she was, was insane. Funny. She was insane. Honestly, that pasta sounded disgusting. It was like <laughs> creamy bacon like chicken pasta. I wouldn't be I would I agree I with Josie. Josie <laughs> called it stodgy. She wanted something more elevated. Yeah. She, she didn't even realize how expensive right, like, the wine I brought was. Josie is the snob. Yeah, well that's why I Josie asked the question, like snob. who's the rich one here? Yeah, no, Josie's attitude was very snobbish <laughs> towards everything. <laughs> um but also I don't feel like there was that huge like financial disparity because also their kids went to the same school. Yeah, right. Agreed. So I feel like that wasn't meant to be like so central to the book. I agree. It's kind of like, it was, 
Oh, but it was in the book, the official book club question, so maybe it was. I mean, they tried to make it a thing. They were like, as soon as you turn the corner, you go from tree-lined streets to kind of a nasty, like, sidewalk. Yeah, like that she lived on the wrong side of the track. Yeah, but it didn't come across in any other interactions besides, like, the description of the street. Besides the shoehorn. <laughs> yeah. The description of, of Josie's, like, apartment, flat, home situation was kind of depressing, though. Yeah, because she made it depressing. Yeah. Facts. Because when Alex looked in, it, she said it like looked super tidy, kind of like a rental home that was about to be turned over. There was like, it didn't sound gross when she looked in. You could barely see any dead bodies. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Okay, now it's time for the redhead questions. As always, you guys submitted great questions. So first up, did any of you feel that there was a missed opportunity for the authority to explore circumstances surrounding the family's cover-up of the crime of killing the friend the way the author just dropped that plot twist at the end had me gasping and feeling robbed that we didn't get much more information i didn't need the authorities to like go so deep on that i think it was best suited for the end of the book as kind of an epilogue afterthought of like wait same as verity like who did what i know but i hate that like i like a book with answers yeah but i do feel like it was more than just josie killing brooke otherwise what were her and Walter talking about when Josie said, I'm going to go to the police? I, well, and they he, mentioned that she called Walter. He was away on business and was like, help, how do we cover up this murder? And he like walked them through how to dispose of the body. That's if Roxy killed him. Yeah. yeah. But if Josie killed him, why does Walter have any qualms about them going to the police about Maybe Roxy just or anything? he's complicit in knowing that that happened. But yeah, it's a plot hole. Maybe she wasn't lying about that. <laughs> I love this book so much, but the only thing that irked me was the way in which the author almost had an apologist angle towards a man who was 45 and dating a 15-year-old. Even if he was a wonderful father, although who was telling the truth, and Josie manipulated him into a relationship, he was still a predator. What are your thoughts on this particular part of the story? Was he? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I promise I'm kidding. It's It's not kosher. But I think he made up for it by being a great daddy and a... Daddy. But I no, I do think it was meant to be ambiguous for like when you start reading the book, you're like, oh my God, Josie has this horrible husband, this like disgusting old man. And then over the course of the book, it's not like he's ever fully redeemed, but you realize like he's not just that. Times were different back then. Yeah. Next question. Not sure if I totally missed this, but why did Aaron's room smell so bad? Josie never cleaned it, but Walter went in every night and could bear the smell. I'm, I'm with this person. I have no idea what the smell part was. Like, Yeah, this was the number one question that we got people wondering. Yeah, they never No, it's a it. phenomenal question. I think it was just meant to be like her B.O. and stank from never leaving. But uh, yeah, why didn't Walter encourage the dog and just like, so close with to bathe? And in, in an indication that like she was not being taken care of by her mom. Like, like the everything in the house was like falling apart and like the relationships the dynamics I feel like it was just like a a giant symbolism I also think a lot of it is that like Josie liked to pretend like everything was like good like everything was like fine and so it's like if she opened that door it's like opening the door to the fact that like nothing is okay so she was like you know what as long as the door shut it doesn't exist yeah yeah but why she smells (laughs) no because she's like showering but like every night Josie would make the food for her daughter so it's like it's not that she was uncaring then like Josie then Roxy and Aaron's anecdotes later were like we we only did stuff when mom left the house it's like why couldn't you just pee and shower when she left the house no they said that they did that yeah so why why not shower yeah yeah no it's definitely a bit of a plot hole 
Next question. My question is about the unidentified phone case found with Josie's other trophies from her victims. What do you think this means? Was there a small clue in the book that told us whose phone case it was that I missed? No, I know. I keep thinking that too. Like, is there like, a, was someone else mentioned, like someone's daughter, like something? Yeah. And the picture of those kids. Yeah. Well, they should be yeah. able to figure out who those kids are now. I think. No, they, they figured just... out who the kids were. It was Brooke and her siblings. No. Yes. They said it's not them. I think they it was s- just meant for us to no, be No, like... she was looking at it and she's like, I recognize that kid. It's Brooke. And then she's like, oh, and the other two, I remember they said he had, she had a sister and a brother or something. Phone case is unresolved. Phone case is unresolved. Photo was resolved. Meant for the reader to just question Josie for the hundredth time of who else has she heard, what else went on. Yeah, because I guess there's like kind of 20 years unaccounted for after she marries Walter and it seems like her life is super quiet and then she wakes up when she's 45 and does all this damage. Yeah. And like the first 16 years of her life, she was a very troublesome child too. So like what, she just stopped being troublesome? Right. Probably no. not. Next question. Do you think Alex was too lenient on her husband while he kept coming home late? Like if that was my husband and it happened even once, I would be beyond A furious. thousand percent. This was the biggest trigger for me in the entire book. I hated Nathan, but I hated Alex more for not saying shit. I would have ultimatumed that guy so long ago. If you do this again, we are getting divorced. Like it was out of control, her level of forgiveness and lack of communication with him about it. I know I was just mad she was losing so much sleep like when (laughs) she was like would be up like racked with anxiety like I would be like oh my god can we please go to sleep 100% also the night that her sisters were coming over to let him go out I was like girlfriend what are you doing have him go to the study or have him hang out with you guys like he seems like a good time yeah but now in hindsight I'm like what's a night out with the boys I know but the dinner party is what killed me the most when he just didn't show up like I thought that was absolutely outrageous I was with Josie I was like your husband sucks they tried to redeem him too by being like I forgot Nathan had a hard life and he would go to escape and that was how he coped with all the hard things that he'd been through again shoehorn but also can we talk about Gio Giovanni because like that was also another piece of it that like a I didn't know when she was like up all night all the time she could always just call Gio because he always answered he was like yeah Nathan's well, right he here. had a lot of right. drinking buddies he might have been with different folks no but time. every time he said no, Giovanni he's always, with Gio. he's always with Gio and so I was like okay interesting you could always call him but then yeah. when she finally went to him and Gio pretty seemed pretty normal he was like we were happy to leave him with the Kate, Catherine Caitlin girl because like he like because there was someone to hang out with him and like he just wanted to keep going per usual and we didn't like I thought her handling of that was so unacceptable and I was so down for Josie when she was reading him the riot act when he got home the next day like you're a shit husband your wife slaved over dinner yeah she was right if it wasn't coming from her I would have been like yeah Yeah. go off he's like I knew she was making bacon alfredo pasta (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't coming over that Okay, well, those are the redhead questions. Thank you so much, everyone who read along with us this month. What is the moral of the story? Not everything. Is none, of this is none of this true. is true. Yeah, none of this yeah, is true. Not, yeah, question everything. Yep. There's three sides to every story. Yes. I like that. Next, the Hollywood treatment. I think every book we choose would be a great movie or TV show, but this in particular, too. So who would you have as Alex? Scarjo. Guys. Oh, who? Scarjo. Scarjo. 
Who's that? Oh, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. That's oh, good. Scarlett. Counts. Uh, no, it's Hannah Waddingham who is in mm. Ted Lasso. But she's like not forty-five. One. She's like too intense. Like she's perfect. <laughs> I was thinking like Elizabeth Banks. Good too. Oh yeah. I yeah, had like Rachel McAdams. Great, great. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon uh, would have been good too. Yeah, come yeah. to think of it. Yeah, but she's always, it's always, always Reese Witherspoon. I know, I know. It's always her. And who would you have as Josie? My favorite crazy British lady is Emily Blunt. She's like, yeah, she's like too pretty though. Yeah, she's super no, but like Josie, she's one who could like look unassuming, and then you know she takes her glasses off and she's beautiful. I had and puts a new so dress random. on. Who? Hillary Swank. Oh, I wow. like. That. I could see that. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's like unassuming and brunette, and in her forties. Yeah, Dex. I had Kristen Shawl. Who did you remember in Thirty Rock? She was um, that assistant, the one who can't be touched, (laughs) the one who um, like dated Kenneth. Oh no, I'm thinking about that art collector who dates Jack Donaghy, who like has brittle bones and so he can't touch her, and that's literally (laughs) how I feel all the time. Like my bones hurt. No, she is infuriating. She made me want to pull my hair out. Like I, I have to skip the Thirty Rock episodes with her in it because she makes me so fucking angry. And like that's how I feel about Josie too. And I honestly feel like it's a logical selection. I'm gonna Google her. Dana, who did you have? I had Margaret Qualley. Oh, that's a good oh, one. That yes. is a good one. Thank yeah, you. Except she's really young, but oh my God, Rebecca, I know who this is. <laughs> Kristen Shaw. What else is she from? She's iconic. Kristen she's Shaw? iconic. S-C-H-A-L. You, everyone will know her if oh, you Oh, by her. the way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Kristen S-C-H-A-A-L I can find her name I don't even know how you could describe this person (laughs) She kind of looks like Margaret Qualley She is Josie She's so Josie I'm cracking up Okay great Well now it is time for our overall rating of this book I will go first as it was my choice I'm giving it a 4.5 Next. I'm also giving it a 4.5. Dana? 3.7. Snitch? 3.9. Overall Redheads rating for None of This Is True is a 4.15. That feels that right. feels right. Makes it right above We Are the Brennans. Wow. So it comes in at what is the new number 12. I have to be honest. I'm t- I took I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings off. I put it to the side of this list. Okay, okay. I agree. So now this is number 12. <laughs> it's that? right after Addie LaRue. That feels right. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's above above, above Addie LaRue. Tied with nothing to see here and Ooh. I could live here forever. Those okay. are some pretty high rankings. I feel like, yeah, this is very kind. That's, yeah, I that's agree. Elite. Should we go down a little? <laughs> No, this is how we never have done that. To be next to nothing to see here. I honestly really liked this. Oh, like, I didn't love gem. the ending, but like I thought that was. It was yeah, great. no, I thought it was an excellent read. Oh, I'm so glad that I came back strong. Yes. Yeah, you you needed a win. <laughs> yeah, I needed just like a safe choice. Okay, well, did anyone else read this month? I did not. I did not. I mean, I'm still reading the one book. I did, but I'm right, not done. Right, Bex. 
I'm rereading Fourth Wing because this was keeping me up so much at night that I had to reread something that I've read before so I could fall asleep. So that's what's happening with me. Great. Understood. Dana? I read two books. One was a Jack's recommendation via AI. After I did the Redheads episode last month, I was like, I should have asked AI for a recommendation. Let me, like, tell them what I would have looked for. And I was like, book, you know, I like Crawdads and Evelyn Hugo, whatever. And they gave me a bunch of recommendations, a lot of which I had already known. But there was one book in there that I had never heard of. So I was like, Dana, have you heard of this book? Where the Forest Meets the Stars by Glendy Vander. It was so good. I read it in like a day. It was like, I would recommend it to anybody. It was such a digestible, like easy, great read. I gave it a 4.3. And then I read Years of Wonder by Geraldine Brooks, who, if you recall, wrote Horse, a redhead slave. Yes. yes. Did not, this was not for me. Like, just did not hit the spot. I gave it a 2.0. Whoa. Yeah, it just, you know, it wasn't it wasn't my time for this kind of book. Got it. Yeah, quiet month of books for us. As we say, it's only been three weeks, but catch us this month. It's going to be popping. And what will we be reading for the next Redheads episode, Bex? Oh, I'm so excited, you guys. I am going back to my roots of being a historical fiction fanatic. And we are going to be reading Frozen River by Ariel Lawhan. We and she wrote, wrote I codename Helene. Yes. Oh my god, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. This is our is first this our double. First? Amazing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Are we okay with this? Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah why not? Great. Um and it I was like wanting to go historical fiction. I couldn't really do a World War II situation. And this is like post revolutionary war set in Maine. And it's a um, midwife, and like I think this, it's based on a, a true, a, like a real historical figure. Um, we love that. So I'm honestly really excited. Like I always like to learn about a new piece of history. So I hope everybody reads along and enjoys. I'm so excited. I love that. I was going to choose. I'm in the mood this. for historical fiction, and yes, yeah, Snitch was going to choose it, it a few this months ago. Or no, it was between this or um, Strange Sally Diamond last month. So, so it all works out. Yeah, it, it was all meant to out. be. It was meant to be. I'm really excited. It sounds so good. It has amazing ratings, you guys. I can't wait. Well, thank you guys so much for your participation in this podcast. (laughs) And happy four-year anniversary to us. Four more years. Four Four more more years. years. 100 more years of redheads. Also, if you have anything to do about it. This was our 50th episode. Wow. So chew on that. Congrats, That's really crazy. 50 books. Okay, we will see you on the next one, if that's all. After I was just going to say that's year. like 50 plus hours of like content. It's so exciting. It's like literally like 60 because these are long ass episodes that we do. Yeah. Nobody works harder than the redheads. Mm-mm. Nobody. Day and night. In and out. Up and down. <laughs> we'll see you on the next one. Love ya. Bye. Love Bye. Ya. Bye.